0: Of Witchy Weed Podcast. Uh, with you as always, I am your host, Stardust.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: joining me on this lovely episode is Explicit.
1: Hey everyone, how y'all doing?
0: So it's Valentine's time. Yep. Which for us, like I said, it's Hallentine's Halloween. Our mixture Thank of you, it's our mixture of Valentine's and Halloween. Because, let's face it, for people like me, Halloween is year-round, so we have to put a little Halloween spin on every holiday. Hmm. And that includes the over-commercialized day that is Valentine's. Fair enough. Do you have any big plans for Valentine's?
1: Not that I know of, actually. Mm.
0: Join the club. Yeah. <laughs> uh But... We have a plan for tonight. It's going to be an interesting episode. We're going to first be discussing the pagan origins of Valentine's. Then we're going to flip it up with some love spells. And then we're going to end it up with love that was enough to kill for, for some people. You know, we had to put in a little bit of a dark true crime twist to it here, you know? Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting, but before that, you know what time it is? It's you time to better. get lit. Smoke it if you got it. Which, oh, readers might might be interested in knowing, I just got my uh, card back this past week. So, I've been hitting up those dispensaries.
1: Oof.
0: Yes. Oh. That's that medical grade shit right there. Shit. Hell yeah. So, Hallentine's, Hallentine's
1: yeah. Halloween. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's our own little mix. I mean, is it weird that I do that?
1: Yes. Well, weird is good.
0: have no hesitation on that one. Yes.
1: <laughs> hey, hey. At least I was honest. Like I said, being weird is not bad.
0: Oh, it's definitely not. It just means
1: you're not normal. You're normally kind of boring.
0: Yeah, it's cookie cutter, and that's not me. Okay, so guess it's time we get started on this.
1: Absolutely, oh man, it's gonna hit hard.
0: Oh, it sure is. So Valentine's every year on February fourteenth world celebrates valentine's day millions send messages and gifts of love to the people that are most important in their lives you know shit that i'm not gonna be getting this year but it's okay
1: yeah german club <laughs> uh
0: you'd be forgiven for thinking that valentine's has its roots and the roots in the christian faith mm. with a day seemingly named after saint valentine a priest who lived during the 3rd century A.D. However, many historians believe the day originated from the Roman pagan festival of fertility called Lupercalia. Which was, yeah, it was actually an event that was filled with animal sacrifice, random coupling, and the whipping of women.
1: Jesus.
0: So not quite the romantic Chocolate and Roses Day that we actually celebrate today isn't it <laughs> lupercalia was actually a major festival on the roman calendar and was commemorated every year on actually february 15th it was held in honor of the gods faunus and lupercus <coughs> the gods of agriculture and fertility hmm,
1: Interesting.
0: it also honored the mythological founders of rome romulus and remus Now, in the morning, the priests of Lupercus, known as Luperci, gathered at Lupercal Cave, the place where Romulus and Remus were said to have been cared for as babies by a she-wolf.
1: A she-wolf? Yeah. Hairy bitch.
0: Hairy bitch. (laughs) Very hairy, angry bitch. Yeah. So the cave lay at the foot of the Palatine Hill, which was the spot at which the brothers were believed to have founded Rome. Now, in a representation of fertility, and because Lupercus was a god of shepherds, two male goats were sacrificed in the cave. This was followed by the sacrifice of a dog to represent purification. Poor doggy, And because dogs often guard the flocks. Mm. Blood taken from the sacrificial (laughs) knife was then smeared across the foreheads of two naked Luperci. Did they have to be naked? These are some sick
1: folks. I had no idea. I just think I had a hard on after that shit. Just,
0: just, just, hey, you know.
1: Hey, I don't think shame, but that's some fucking some sketchy shit,
0: right? Shit. But so okay, uh, the the sacrificial knife was smeared across the foreheads of these two naked dudes, and then the knife was then wiped clean with a piece of milk-soaked wool. Historians have suggested that this ritual is the reason why Valentine's Day is associated with the colors red and white. Red represents the blood from the sacrificed, while white represents the milk on the wool that wipes the knife clean, signifying new life. Mm. Mm, makes you wonder, right? Red and yeah, white, they are heavily heavily uh, used during this season.
1: Oh yeah, for damn sure.
0: Now, after this ritual, a feast would follow. Okay. So they I ate some good ass food. some good ass food, and afterwards, when their stomachs were full, the luperci cut strips from the sacrificed goats called thongs, probably where they got the name from.
1: Yeah.
0: And dipped them in the sacrificial blood. The luperci then ran naked through the streets of Rome. What is it with them being naked?
1: I have no idea.
0: And they whipped any woman within striking <laughs> distance. Who the fuck? And then nobody told them about the Me Too campaign. Jeez. You can't put hands on people unless they give you permission? Apparently. Many welcomed the lashings, often revealing bare skin for the thongs to strike. They were into that kinky shit, apparently. apparently. The Romans believed that the thongs would make childless women more fertile, while blessing pregnant women with the gift of an easy birth. So, okay. These women were like, I can't have a baby, but this man whipping me with a, 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 a ripped skin... Is going to somehow make me get pregnant. I don't know. uh... But hey, you know, to each their traditions and beliefs. So, okay. Here they were. Whip me, whip me. (laughs) Another custom during Lupercalia was the pairing of young Roman boys and girls. At some point during the festival, the names of young girls were written on bits of paper and slipped into a jar. Every young man would then pull out a girl's name from the jar. The pair would then be coupled together for the duration of Lupercalia. Many stayed together until the following year's festival. Some even fell in love and married. That's crazy. That
1: is crazy. So
0: it was a random, you know, matchmaking shit. Yeah. Know. And maybe really you fell in love. Maybe you guys just got freaky for the <laughs> night Probably. in celebration of Lupercalia. And you know what's funny?
1: Yeah.
0: I actually remember hearing about this in the. Uh, The new Sabrina show on Netflix.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, It actually, there's an episode where they're celebrating Lupercalia. Hmm. And yeah, some of this actually was mentioned on there. So it's pretty interesting.
1: That is interesting.
0: But okay, so as Christianity swept across the globe, many pagan traditions were absorbed and adapted into the Christian faith. They can't come up with their own shit, they gotta take ours. Right. Lupercalia was clearly a very popular thing, even in an environment where the ancient Christians were trying to close it down. So there's reason to think that the Christians might have instead said, okay, we'll just call this a Christian festival. Change, you know, tweak some shit around yeah. and turn it into their own thing. So in the 5th century AD, Pope Galatius uh, I banned Lupercalia. We couldn't let them have their fun, dude.
1: Seriously.
0: And in 496, I'm serious, you fucking. Instead of Pope <laughs> Collation. <Cock-blocking> <laughs>
1: son of a bitch.
0: I'm going to call him Pope Party Pooper.
1: Fucking cock-blocking son of a bitch, I swear. He's a
0: party pooper. He's Pope Party Pooper. <laughs> so, in 496 AD, the Catholic Church declared February 14th a day to feast and celebrate the life of the martyred St. Valentine, said to have been executed on February 14th, 269 AD. So Hmm. what was a pagan thing now all of a sudden was flipped around to be a Christian holiday to celebrate some martyr that had nothing to do with this whole holiday to begin with, but he all of a sudden became the symbol of this holiday. Ain't that some shit? some shit? So they
1: with, really couldn't grow up with anything.
0: They, I'm saying. So with over <laughs> ten thousand eight hundred saints and multiple Valentines, it's not officially known whether the stories about Saint Valentine were about one man or multiple men merged together. The most popular belief states that he was a priest in the Roman Empire during the third century A.D executed under the command of claudius ii for conducting marriages in secret after the empire had outlawed them which makes sense because if he's marrying people then okay you're valentine's you're you know you're couple people together right. so that that can <clears throat> make sense the story goes that while he was awaiting his fate in prison he fell in love with the jailer's daughter that's a no-no after his sentence finally came through Valentine supposedly left a farewell note to the young lady and signed it from your Valentine. He then exited the jail and walked towards the most unromantic of ends, death by beating and decapitation. Oh, yeah.
1: Damn.
0: He spent all that time in jail thinking, okay, I'm going to be with my chick now, and he gets beaten and decapitated. Damn. Probably why, you know, he fell head over heels. It? Uh-huh. <laughs> so while we may never know the full truth about St. Valentine's origins, the stories about him all emphasize his attributes as a heroic and potentially, potentially romantic figure. It may be a convenient explanation for a Christian version of what happened at Lupercalia, if you think about it. However, the direct association of February 14th with overt romanticism and declarations of love, doesn't seem to have started until over a thousand years later during the Middle Ages. The famed 14th century English poet Geoffrey Chaucer, author of the Canterbury Tales, is often credited as the man who made the link. At that time, it was believed that European birds began to pair up in mid-February, specifically around the 14th. For this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every bird cometh there to chase his make. Chaucer wrote in a poem called Parliament of Fools, making one (laughs) of the earliest references about St. Valentine's Day being a day for those in love. Other poets followed his lead, including Shakespeare.
1: Well, I mean Shakespeare, yeah. True.
0: The Romantics retold history, converting the day into one about devotion, love, and courtship. From then on, it seems that budding lovers began to send romantic notes to their sweethearts on Valentine's Day. Now, of course, industrialization during the 18th century made things even easier for smitten couples with the mass production of illustrated romantic cards. The day's pagan roots were still very much on display with images of Cupid, the Roman god of desire and love, often adorning all Valentine's uh, decorations. From there, the day gradually grew into a billion-pound industry that it is today. At the beginning of the 19th century, Valentine's Day was seen as a wholly personal and quiet affair. The February 20th, 1829 edition of the Aurora and Pennsylvania Gazette. Aurora. It's, it's one of those words.
1: <laughs> I just remember the first time you tried to say Aurora. 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 Aurora.
0: Aurora. Aurora. Hey, it's one of those words. So the Aurora and Pennsylvania Gazette inquired about the origin of St. Valentine's Day, which had recently experienced a nationwide revival. Instead of today's custom of giving candy, sweets, or right swipes on Tinder, handmade cards were often passed among friends, spouses, prospective suitors, and even foes and allowed individuals to showcase their creativity. So they would hand make the cards. Interesting. None of that buying. Right. It's just know, Yeah. It was just, I'm going to draw a heart. I'm going to draw some flowers. I'm going to draw a sun. Whatever the hell you want to draw. Just don't draw your penis.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Just don't draw your penis. Uh, you never
0: know. You, you know? Never know. That's the that's the new m- the new age freaking oh Valentine's cards. I'm going to send you a pick of my day. <laughs> Pretty much. So, now, due to Pennsylvania's abundance of paper mills, the folk art known as Fractor, for the fractured or angular Gothic font, was created and used calligraphy and other embellishments in handmade Valentine's cards. The style became popular with Pennsylvania Germans from the beginning of the 18th century to about 1835. Throughout this period, various ornamental styles, like Scherenschneid, a traditional Germanic paper-cutting technique brought over by the Pennsylvania Dutch, also became available, allowing the giver to become more creative in professing their love. Now, realizing how commercially viable Valentine's cards could be, promotions were ramped up throughout the mid-1800s. By 1850, Peterson's of Philadelphia had become Cupid's headquarters, hmm. while other merchants promoted their companies as Valentine's Theater or Valentine's Castle. Every aspect of the holiday was made commercially viable, and thus the quality and originality, originality of the cards began to decline. Those who did not know what to write found a solution in Valentine's cards with printed messages aimed at various individuals ranging from sweethearts to even plumbers. Hmm. Um. That's some shit. Those wanting to profess their feelings on a budget could purchase penny dreadfuls or vinegar valentines, so titled because they were inexpensive and used vulgar language or imagery. The lucrative business of mass-producing cards started to develop, and Philadelphia-based publishers did not miss out on this newfound business. The momentum continued into the following decades with advances in existing design styles, mm-hmm. such as embossed paper, developed in the late 18th century. Embossed paper. Yep. Hmm. As That's the true. Industrial Revolution moved forward, the quality time in people's lives began to dissipate, leaving them with little energy to devote to actually handmaking the cards. So people soon became accustomed to just buying pre-made cards. Moving into the 20th century, styles became more elaborate by incorporating layering with ribbons, tassels, and unique dimensions. The growing trend of purchasing over making Valentine's Day cards by hand led to publishers purchasing smaller firms and mass-producing cards, but no company would be able to compete with Hallmark after it entered the greeting card industry in 1910. And that we know what happened from there. You see Hallmark in every shopping mall. Um, there's de- there's definitely all those types of stores that you could just go and buy your pre made cards already. You can get them at Walmart. You can get them at Target. Uh, get them from you know oh uh, themed in like oh this box is all dogs. This one is based on Moana. Whatever. I mean, kids can get them. Adults can get them. They're all over the place.
1: They're all over the place.
0: Yep. So I mean, but. When you come to look at it, the origins of where it all started were because of Lupercalia, and that is a pagan tradition. So again, just like Halloween, when we had our first episode on Halloween, um, we discussed how Halloween had pagan origins, and now here's another one, Valentine's, that has pagan origins.
1: Just about almost everything has pagan origins, huh?
0: basically, isn't that? Because first so we
1: had the Halloween special, which was mm-hmm. which the uh, Sawe, I don't think it was. No Am I saying it right? Sawe. Sawe. Uh-huh. That shit. And now we got the uh, Valentine's
0: which was there. originally Lupercalia.
1: Yep, and I'm pretty sure there's other
0: Oh, there will be. Yeah. As as the year progresses, we shall discuss more. <clears throat> That's crazy. But now we move on to the second part of our of our episode. And you know what that is? Love spells. Yeah, that's that's bound what to spark up some interest. Really? Yeah, because it, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, cis, gay, hetero, they, them. Love is the one thing that is on everyone's mind. Now, what are love spells? Before discussing casting spells, we first have to consider the basic definition of what a spell is and how it operates. A spell is a psychic intuition sent out into the world through some form of ritual uh, that seeks to influence physical reality. So basically functions a lot in the way that the Christian version of praying, manifesting, all of that good stuff, that's basically what a spell is. It's wording it, wording your intentions, your desires, everything. Wording it, visualizing it, feeling it, calling for it. And using a ritual to basically use energy, use the, the universe around you to be able to carry this spell out. So, how do you do a love spell? Magic spells operate using the basic concept of a magical link. This means that the spell casting ritual needs to include some type of metaphorical image or object that relates to what the spell is for. So, for instance, if you want a person you know to fall in love with you, then obviously having a picture of them or writing their name down on a special piece of paper, along with certain relevant symbols, would be an important thing to do in your ritual. There's no set clear-cut path to any ritual. It all, I mean, it's all circumstantial for what it is and who it's for and everything. So, but that's why exactly, if you have already a certain person in mind, you need to tie it to them somehow, using a picture, writing their name, like I said, anything of the sort. Keep in mind though, if all it took to make love spells work was to recite the words of a ritual, then anyone could do it. What actually makes a spell work is something called the power of intention. So, the ability to concentrate on what you want so that the energy of your thoughts can take on a life of their own in the outer world and manifest what you've imagined.
1: Spells.
0: Uh, Isn't that some shit? That's, that's, some shit? that's basically what it is. That's, that's, that's what you're shit. doing. I not think
1: about right now. Well, I'm just like absolute places. I
0: know you're absolutely. You're taking me
1: to another world right now. I'm looking at a world of trans.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>, yeah, <laughs> well, now keep in mind. This is I stress this very, very much. What goes around comes around with any spell, but especially regarding love. Your intention needs to be infused with positive energies. This means that. What you're asking for needs to be in harmony with the world in which you live. That's because if your spell creates an unnatural or an imbalanced situation, then either it will fail or the world will adjust accordingly. And whatever you've manifested may unexpectedly turn from a blessing into a curse. So curse. Yeah. Because what you set out.
1: Oh, right. so. So
0: if you're, doing something, some kind of love spell, for example, <clears throat> that you're trying to break up a marriage or something, you're doing evil, you're, you're doing negative, you're sending out negative vibes, and that's what you're going to get in return, you're going to get negative vibes back, right. so he may, you may end up ending their marriage, and he may come to you, but at the end, he may leave you for someone else, because it's, it's what your karma's calling for at that point. So just keep that in mind as you're doing these spells. Do it with good intentions and you will get good back. Now, love magic. Spells to make someone love you. When you cast a spell with a definite intention in mind, like for instance, a love spell, then that is known as a love magic. Love spells can be used to find new love, heal a breakup, have a friendship turn into something more, overcome shyness in order to play the part of seduction, make yourself more attractive to someone, or even breathe new life into an already existing relationship. Mm. Now, the attraction spell to make someone love you. This is a basic attraction spell for finding someone new. This isn't for someone... Uh, that you're already with, that you want to strengthen the bonds with, this isn't for that purpose. Mm. This is if you want to find a new romance. Its purpose is to ignite a spark between two people and to get you noticed by someone who is also looking for an involvement. Mm. The material's needed. You're going to need either a yellow or a pink candle, preferably a four-inch You're going to need some rose or jasmine oil. And then you're going to begin by carving your name into the candle. Beneath your name, you're going to carve a small heart with a plus sign inside of it. So just a little like a plus sign. You know, plus sign.
1: Just a little plus sign.
0: Yeah. Under the heart. Under the heart, you're going to carve a question mark because we don't know who this person is. Right. You're going to anoint the candle with the oil. And when I say anoint, a few drops, you don't have to douse it because you're going to turn off the candle that way. Right. So just anoint it with a
1: few drops. Yeah.
0: Place the candle in your window on the night of a new moon. Before you light the candle, take several moments to perform a short ritual in order to focus your intention on the type of love and lover that you want to attract with this love spell. So is it that you're looking for somebody that's funny and and romantic and and patient and, you know, hardworking, whatever, whatever qualities you want in the, in the person that you want to attract, think about them and envision them in that moment. Um, I mean, nothing is too crazy to ask for unless you're asking for a celebrity, it ain't gonna happen. But just visualize exactly what you want when you're doing that. Um, Think about whether you want something casual or something serious. You know? Make sure that you focus on that. I want a relationship. I want to lead to marriage. I'm just looking for somebody that I can see every so often. I mean, whatever it is specific that you're looking for, visualize it. Complete a short meditation with a brief invocation. Keep it simple. Perhaps something along the lines of like, with this love spell, hear my need for a lover to cherish and value me. After you light the candle, let it burn down completely. All the way. All the way. Don't (laughs) shut it off. Don't turn it off. Even if the next day you're going to work, leave it burning. Just make sure there's no way that it's going to catch fire. Beginning the next day and for the coming week, whenever you go out, wear the oil that you placed on the candle. Dab it on like it's perfume. A small dab on each wrist should be fine to keep the attraction spell working. So like I said, like if it's perfume, just go ahead and dab it on each wrist and wear it out there. And it should work.
1: Hey, whatever works, right?
0: Hey, whatever works, right? (laughs) The next spell we're going to do is called the sachet bag to bring romance. Sachet bag. Sachet, whatever it's called. A sachet bag is made by sewing two small sheets of muslin together and then filling it with a potpourri of herbs and, or you could use flowers, and possibly a charm. If sewing isn't your thing, you can also go to your nearest craft store, Michael's, whatever, and purchase a small drawstring bag. The material's needed. You're going to need a small pink, white, or gold drawstring bag, six red or pink rose petals, Several drops of lavender oil, one small piece of a cinnamon stick, and a small piece of rose quartz. It's
1: a lot of materials. Like real, but, yeah, a lot of materials. For but
0: <laughs> n- notice like a little theme going on in there.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, on a Friday, which is also the day of Venus, during a waxing moon, place the above ingredients in the bag and close it. Once this is done, find a quiet place to meditate and spend several moments focusing on the qualities you would like in a lover. Try to focus on something more than the person being merely attractive. Instead, think about some deeper qualities that you find compelling in a lover. When you feel that you have a clear idea of the sort of partner you'd like, recite the following. Remember, you could always rehear this episode, slow it down, pause it, whatever you want to do to be able to get the wording, because I know I'm not going to read it slow enough for you to write it if you're just listening. But you would recite the following. On this day of Venus, bring to me a love who will see in me and I in them what we're each thinking of. Hmm. Again, on this day of Venus, bring to me a love who will see in me and I in them what we're each thinking of.
1: Hmm. Now that
0: your sachet, sachet, whatever bag is energized, for the next week or so, you carry it with you and even sleep with it under your pillow to keep the love spell working. It's a shit. That's a shit bag. That's a
1: shit bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: that's a shit bag. A shit uh, shit bag. So, the next spell is a love spell for cleansing a broken heart.
1: Hmm. We've all been there. yeah.
0: We know that that's falling cool. in love can kind of be like skydiving and taking a risk.
1: With, uh, Having a relationship can come
0: to an end and be like realizing you don't have a fucking parachute.
1: No, I was just saying with a malfunctioning parachute because at that point it's a game of chance. Yeah.
0: Now, if you find yourself having trouble moving on from your last love, this is the spell to help you cleanse yourself of the heaviness of a wounded heart. The materials needed you're going to need a sage or sage and cedar smudge stick. Either one will work fine. One, of those two. one raw egg. Hmm a small black candle. Now you're going to begin by lighting the smudge stick and then slowly rhythmically spread the smoke through your work area. Mm. Now I want to clarify sage when you're lighting it. For those of you that have never lit it before, you're going to have to keep the flame on it for probably at least a good 30 seconds before it actually really catches because if you turn it off before then even if it looks like it caught it's going to turn right back off on you and it can get very frustrating if you're turning it on Boop, it's on Boop, it's off turning it on Boop, it's on Boop, Boop it's, it's off, off. so
1: <laughs> to
0: avoid that just hold the flame to it for at least a good 30 seconds and then let it go and just let it burn. And, and like I said, just go ahead and rhythmically spread the smoke through your work area. Now, sage is a traditional tool for spiritual cleansing. And it leaves your space actually smelling clean and filled with a lot of good positive energy. So you always want to have some sage on you. Just my personal opinion. Mm. Um, now, next, cut the black candle in two and then place the top half in a holder and light it. The reason for doing this is because the candle should be finished by the time you complete the ceremony, and even a full-size small candle would take too long. Hmm. So once the candle is burning, you will take the raw egg and move it over your body, focusing particularly on the area over your heart. The idea here is that the raw egg will soak up the sad energy that's filling you and lock it away inside the shell. See, a lot of symbolism in here.
1: Yeah, it is. There's like so much going on. Yeah. All at once. It's fucking Now,
0: crazy. when the candle is done burning, take what's left of the wax along with the egg and dispose of them both. If you're a city dweller, take them to a, a crossroads where any two streets intersect and drop them in a garbage can. If you're in the country or the suburbs, bring the remaining wax and egg to a remote place and bury them. Mm. If you feel a little tired after doing this spell, don't worry. Holding on to painful energy can be exhausting, and so can letting it go. Know that over the next day or so, you will be feeling a noticeable influx of positive energy, because your heart will actually be healing. So that's a good one to know because, Hmm. like I said, we've all been there, broken heart. Yeah. Um, Now the next one is a spell to bring back a lost lover. So the one that got away. You heard that they're available now. You're available now. You think maybe it would be good to rekindle that old flame. Yeah. This is the spell you want for that. But I would recommend being careful with this spell. Use it only if you truly believe that there is a spark left in your relationship. If after doing this spell, your lover does not return to you, then accept that it is time to let it go. Sometimes love spells like these are about needing to prove to oneself that something is over before it becomes possible to move on and discover what the universe has in store for us.
1: The one thing I have learned in my time doing paganism, or well, mm-hmm. always paganism is, uh, life force you sometimes to go on your own path mm-hmm. on its own. But everything just comes in its own path, whether you want it or not. Yeah. So I can say today that I wow, well, I never want to get married. That this isn't that. I just want to be alone. But life has this funny ways of forcing stuff on you. Yeah. Sometimes I could, I could have been married, could have had a kid or whatnot, mm-hmm. where I would least expect it.
0: Yeah. I actually, I know someone um, that when he was, I want to say maybe nineteen, twenty years old, he was telling his entire family, I'm never getting married. I'm never having children. I don't want children. I don't want anything like that. I just want to live my life. This person is now, I want to say 35-ish, happily married with four children. Oh, <laughs> so man. you never, basically that, that old saying of never say never, even though it makes no sense because you just said never,
1: yeah. but
0: the Twice point of it, actually. yeah, yeah, right? but the point of it is basically because you don't know what the universe has in store for you so you can you can't be the person who's going to say i'm never going to do this or i'm never going to do that because you don't know what life has in store so but for this spell if you know that there's a spark left you know it for a fact go ahead and do it but if you don't all you all that it's going to do it's not going to bring that person back to you it's going to show you that it's not meant to happen so that you can close that chapter and open a new one so keep that in mind now the materials needed for this one you're going to need a bowl the petals of one rose three tablespoons of brown sugar Sounds like we're cooking something. Right?
1: Jesus Christ. Two
0: tablespoons of basil.
1: That sounds like some good shit.
0: Four pennies. Never mind. Honey. A glass of red wine. A letter written that explains what you desire. And a small pink or red candle. Now this spell is actually, it's a request to San Cipriano, who was a pagan sorcerer of Iberian heritage. San Cipriano was actually known as a miracle worker, and this spell is a petition to him to return your lost love. You begin by composing a brief letter stating the names of you and your former (laughs) love and listing the reasons why it would be better for both of you if this person were to return. So you can put your name, his name, her name, whatever put your name in their name and why would it be better if they return? Because we still love each other because we're better together because whatever you put your own personal reasons of why it would be better for this lover to return. And, um, when you're done doing that letter, you're going to fold it up, place it in the bowl and then stand the candle on top of the letter. After that, Sprinkle some rose petals and basil around the bowl, along with a little brown sugar. Next, place the four pennies at the cardinal points around the inside of the bowl. So basically, think of it like a compass, north, south, east, and west. That's all you got to think of. Okay. Um, and then after that, you're going to taste the honey. So at least it allows you to taste little. Yeah and then add some into the bowl along with four drops of red wine. After placing the glass of wine next to the bowl as an offering, take a moment to explain once again to San Cipriano why it would be good for both parties if your love returns to you. The final step is to light the candle and let it burn until it is finished. As a word of caution, do not leave the candle unattended before it finishes burning. Just don't want to cause any fires.
1: Right.
0: And like I said, if the, your lover returns, then great, it was meant to happen, and you're and you're good. If your lover does not return, it's time, honey. Let him go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, he ain't coming back. <laughs> it, it, it's it's over. <laughs> you know. Um, now the, the next spell that we're gonna do or I should say the last spell that we're gonna do is a pretty long one. It's a pretty big one Mm. but it's a very known, very effective love spell.
1: Okay. It's
0: called the honey jar spell. Interesting. Yeah.
1: This spell interesting names for these spells too. Oh
0: well, you know. This spell has actually stood the test of time for good reason. Witches have long used honey when casting love spells because of its sweetness. Mm. If you've ever heard the saying, you catch more flies with honey, Mm. then you understand how powerful the concept of sweetness is when it comes to managing conflict and creating a sense of connection, harmony, and even affection. So sweetness. Hmm. This spell is often used by those who would like to improve their relationship with others they can ignite a spark of connection between two people and help to create a new or renewed sense of connection between people that are already together. So it could actually work for all scenarios. Whether nice. it's you want to start a new one, you want to improve the one you have, uh, doesn't matter, this will work for it. If you've recently even experienced conflict or you notice distance between you and another person, this is a great spell to use for even that. It's ideal to soften both sides and create a natural pool between the two of you. So when it works, it's up to you to continue the relationship in this close and connected way. The spell gives you the start you need, and your words and actions will determine the future of your relationship. So keep that in mind, guys. Using the spell doesn't automatically mean, oh, I've, I've got this person hooked for life. No. You've got them hooked right now. If you keep them for life, it's up to you. Are you going to continue being sweet to them? Are you going to continue catching more flies with your honey? Or are you suddenly going to get all bitter and turn into vinegar? Keep that in mind. Hmm. So the honey jar. To begin, you'll need a pen and paper. Write the name of the person you're thinking of on the paper three times in succession. So if his name is Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Eater, you're going to put Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Eater, Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Eater, Peter, Peter, Pumpkin Eater. Any more like pussy? <laughs>
1: um,
0: so then next you're going to rotate the paper 90 degrees and write your own name three times in succession. Overlapping the letters of your name with the letters of the other person's name. So you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to turn that same paper around and right on top of the last three, you're going to write your name so that all these letters are basically intermingled and mixing together. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Now this next part is crucial. You're going to create a clear intention. Whether you're looking to improve your romantic relationship, wanting to reconcile a long lost friendship or relationship, Or even trying to improve your relationship with co-workers. Whatever the case may be. Be clear about your intended outcome. What is it that you want out of this? You want your husband that's been kind of distant with you to pay more attention to you? That's your intention. You want your girlfriend that you've just, uh, been with for a month to build stronger with her. That's your intention for you. Do you want your coworker that's been kind of bitchy lately to ease up and up and, and, and be human? That's your intention. Specify what your intention is. So the next you're going to write down your intention. Be careful here because you need to write it out in a circle without lifting your pen. Writing in cursive is helpful for this step, but not required. But it would obviously help because you're just going to keep flowing. Uh, once you've written the full intention out in a circle around both of the names, you can go back to add the title, or I mean, the little dot to your eyes and cross your Ts. That's it for the pen. You can set it aside now. Hold the paper that contains your names and your intention, and fold it. So that it fits inside your honey jar. As you place it inside the honey jar, make sure that your fingers graze the honey. Leave the folded paper inside, and as you remove your fingers from the jar, use the following incantation Just like this honey is sweet, that's how, and here's where you insert the name of the other person, will be for me. So if the person's name is Peter, just like this honey is sweet, that's how Peter will be for me. After saying the incantation out loud, lick the honey that coated your finger and seal the jar of honey that contains the folded paper. Now you're going to grab a candle and set it on top of the jar and light it. Now it's important that you choose the right Color for the candle to complement your intention. I'm sure you're asking, What color do I use? What color do I use? I'm gonna help you now. I'm help you now. Now, white is a neutral color and can be used when your situation in general is basically general. You know, co worker, whatever, friend, just general. You use white. Pink is the color all about emphasizing love. It can be any kind of love, not necessarily romantic. You love your best friend. You love your sister. You love your... Your boss. I don't know. I mean, Mm. it's just a love. Now, red is the color that you use when you're looking to improve a romantic relationship red signifies passion. It signifies deep love. So that's not the one that you use for your cousin, unless you're Alabamian. <laughs> <That's... Swing>
1: home, <laughs> Alabama! <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do-do-do>.
0: <laughs> for us normal folk, huh. red is for somebody that you are legally allowed to marry. Mm. You know? Yeah. Someone that you love, that you have passion for. That's who you use the red for. And brown, although most people would think it's for your digestive tract, it's not that at all.
1: I was going to say for shit, but, you know.
0: It's actually a useful color if you're dealing with matters regarding justice. So if, for example, you have an upcoming court date, this color can help to improve the way you are perceived to improve your outcome. Hmm. Hmm. So, yes, you're going to grab the candle, whatever color it is, set it on top of the jar, and light it. You're going to let the candle burn down completely. Once this has happened, store it in a secret location only you know about. No one should be able to find it. So, probably not the best thing to set on top of your coffee table, you know? Um, Let a full seven days pass and complete the candle ritual again. You're going to continue this process on a weekly basis, being careful to light the candle on the same day of each week until you receive the fruits of this love spell. So if it takes you six weeks until whatever you were trying to do the spell for, for six weeks every every day, if you do it every night, let's say on a Sunday night, then every week for six weeks on a Sunday night, you're going to do the candle again. But it is until you get the fruits. So, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Mm -hmm. Now, these are just a sample of what some of the more popular or used love spells are. There's many, many more. If you guys Google love spells, you'll be able to find some. If you have any book of spells, I'm sure that they have some. There's even apps that you can get that will give you spells. So... But obviously, you do your research, see which one is, is more your style. Some people work better with crystals. Some people work better with, you know, herbs, whatever. You use your style and, 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 and you do yours. Just use your shit, man. You do your own thing. And good luck on your journey to find love.
1: Absolutely. That's crazy, complex uh, talk. You know... I I remember the one time someone decided to ask me this dumbass question: What is love to you? But at the same time, for me to explain love is very complex.
0: It's something that's so simple, but yet so complex.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. easy to understand it. It's hard to explain it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and but believe me, you know it when you got it. That's yeah. all I could say. And now we're on to our third and final part of our episode: Love to Kill for. Oh my God. You know, love can do funny things to people. However, it can also make people do some really fucked up shit.
1: Oh, Jeffrey Domer.
0: Crimes of passion take place all the time. The news is full of events that occurred because of jealous, heartbroken, or even crazed lovers. We're gonna go over the top ten most notorious crimes that have been all committed. In the name of love. Buckle up, motherfuckers. This is going to be crazy. So in our first spot, we've got a Tennessee man that killed his wife's teenage lover when he was sitting outside of the couple's home. Eric McLean claims that he suspected the teen Sean Powell was stalking his wife, who was also Powell's former teacher. McLean was convicted of a reckless homicide with probation, but later won a custody battle over his sons. So, let's analyze that for a second. He suspected that his wife was having an affair with this teen kid who was a former student of hers. Ended up that she was, but he killed this teenage kid over that. Yeah. So he was like, that's my pussy. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, He was like, I ain't losing out my wife to this fucking 17-year-old fucking little jit. Hell no. Shit. Next case. Els Clotamans. I believe that's what it is. And Els Van Doren had more in common than their first names and their love for parachuting. These two Belgian women also shared the same lover. Damn. After jumping from the plane, Van Dorn's parachute and safety did not open, leading her to plunge to her death from over two miles in the air. It was later found that the parachute was tampered with, and Clotamins was eventually found guilty of the murder and sentenced to 30 years in prison. Hmm. See, that was stupid. Now the guy doesn't have Van Doren because she was killed and Claudemans is now in prison. No bitches. He gets I'm sure he's still got some
1: bitches. (laughs) Because if he was pulling two already that were friends,
0: he's pulling some more. No bitches. No, he's got some bitches. But he's probably like, let me make sure that I I, I, I give my bitches like a mental health exam before I date him. To make sure I got no possible murderers in my freaking, my harm of ladies. So the next one. After two Florida teenagers, Rachel Wade and Sarah Ludeman, found out they were dating the same boy, they had it out for each other. Why do, not like either one of them knew that the other one was with him. They found out that they both were with the same guy. I would be pissed at the guy. He's the being the man whore here, not them. Yeah. I mean, shit. But hey, their online taunts turned into real violence when they met up for a fistfight. Wade, Rachel Wade, pulled out a steak knife and stabbed Sarah Ludeman in the heart, killing her.
1: Jesus. Huh.
0: Wade was convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 27 years in prison. She was like, bitch, you heartless now. Oh,
1: God, bro. Damn.
0: Godless. Wow. Now, this next one. Oh. Oh. In 2008, Frances Inglis killed her 22 year old son, torn by injecting him with a lethal dose of heroin. Or, oh, no, no. His name was Tom and she killed him by injecting him with a lethal dose of heroin. He had suffered from severe brain damage and had been in a vegetative state since falling out of a moving ambulance the year prior. Inglis was found guilty of murder and attempted murder, which isn't, did she kill him or not, and was ordered to serve a minimum of nine years, though her sentence was later reduced to five. So because he had fallen out of an ambulance the year prior and was now in a vegetative state, she went ahead and said, I'm tired of taking care of his ass. I'm just going to shoot him up with heroin until he overdoses. Yeah. That's some, that's some fucked up that's some shit. shit bro. That's not love. That's fucking evil.
1: Evil, evil type shit. Bro.
0: Next one. A husband and his mistress kidnapped his wife, murdered her. And buried her body in the backyard of the mistress's mother's home. What the fuck? (laughs) Damn. Not even like on his his actual mother-in-law's home. Let's put it in my mistress's mother's home. Now, Carr is one of only five women on Florida's death row. And Florida Supreme Court affirms her death sentence for first degree murder.
1: Hmm.
0: Ah, uh, she should have just stayed a mistress. No, you want to like, oh, let's go ahead and kidnap your wife and murder her and bury her in my mom's fucking yard.
1: <laughs> what the fuck, dude? That's you know what I have to shit.
0: say about that?
1: What? Therapy. Therapy.
0: <laughs> so.
1: Oh, God. Don't well, put
0: it in your mom's freaking yard. That's that's the part that that's I'm having a problem with that. more than anything. Why are you going to bury it in your mom's fucking yard? No, I guess she
1: was creative with it.
0: She couldn't have buried it so Oh, let my mom take the heat for it. I mean, what the fuck? Oh, man. This is the next case. A Navy sailor came home to find his girlfriend in bed with one of her students. The sailor heard noises coming from the bedroom and grabbed a knife on his way there to investigate. He ended up stabbing the student to death. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine if all he would have found on the way up there was like a floppy doll or something? Hmm. I'm gonna doll you to death. Next, and I know this not. I was gonna say I know this one personally, but not that I actually lived through it. It is not my case, but I remember hmm. hearing about it in the media. In 1993, John Bobbitt awoke to his wife, Lorena, hacking off a portion of his manhood. She cut off a piece of his dick. Ouch. She claimed that he had sexually abused her over the years. The piece was found and reattached successfully. The jury found Lorena Bobbitt not guilty of all criminal charges, deducing that she was temporarily insane at the time of this event. So she legit cut off a piece of his dick and got away with it.
1: <laughs> what the actual fuck? She just neutered the relationship and she to him.
0: And you want to know what's the crazy thing about it? What after he had his penis attached? I think it was like a couple of years after that. He actually started a porno. Oh my! He wanted to show that his hacked up penis could still hack up pussy. Really? <laughs> crazy as it sounds, hmm. but yeah. Next one. Football quarterback Steve McNair was murdered by his girlfriend who killed herself right after. Police suspect she murdered him after finding out that McNair had been cheating on her. But then what I don't get is okay, you're gonna murder him because he was cheating on you apparently. And you're like, that, that fucking asshole don't deserve to live. I'm gonna fucking murder him. Put murder him. No, I'm gonna kill myself. The oh fuck? Oh my
1: god, bruh. Choose. Goddamn. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's some crazy shit. Choose an option. Next, another one that I know about. In 1984, famous singer-songwriter Marvin Gaye was murdered by his father during an argument. Things turned physical, and Marvin Sr. ended up shooting his son in the chest. Gaye's father received a six-year suspended jail sentence for manslaughter.
1: I bet. Shit.
0: You know Marvin Gaye is? Or are you too young to know that? You know? Oh, Let's get it on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. His own papa. That's fucking great. That's some fucked up shit. That
1: is some fucked up shit.
0: And the last one, which I also know about. Actor and comedian Phil Hartman was shot to death by his wife, Brynn who committed suicide shortly after murdering Phil. I read about yeah, he was uh, known in, on Saturday Night Live and also had several movies. I don't know if you remember House Guest yeah, with Sinbad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was the other guy. Um, yeah, and his wife, they were saying that for months prior had been exhibiting very strange behavior, um, like maybe possible mental issues. And she ended up, yeah, murdering him for, like, what seems to be no apparent reason and then killing herself. So that's really sad. Hmm. Um. But basically, yeah, that is our Hallentine's Valentine's Halloween special. We definitely...
1: A little bit of
0: teachings, a yeah. little bit of uh, free spell info, a little bit of your true crime, just a little oh, yeah. bit. And just in you case know? you
1: guys didn't know... We do, we do, do a little bit of these on our live streams. At least we did it last live stream. We te- we talked a little bit about spells and whatnot and possible spells we do. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily have to revolve around this topic. It, it wasn't any spells. I mean, if you guys want any
0: to... help with any uh spell workings or info of uh, of spells or anything like that, you guys can definitely reach out to us. I mean, I know I've said it before. Um you can email us at witchyweedpodcast at gmail dot com. Um reach us on Facebook. We have a wonderful group called Witchy Weed Podcast. Um hit us up on Instagram, Witchy underscore weed underscore podcast. Uh send us a tweet, Witchy underscore weed. We also have a server on Discord where we have all of our uh live episodes or exclusives. Yep. Uh Witchy Weed what you read podcast and um should we tell them what we have for next week
1: this ought to be interesting
0: next week we're going to be talking about near-death experiences
1: Hmm.
0: what people have said who have had near-death experiences what the different theories are what our beliefs on it ourselves are if we've had any um Uh, from here to then if you guys have had any near death experiences, share them with us. We'll go ahead and we'll definitely uh mention you on the next episode. Uh I mean our last Discord, we had a lot of fun. We had oh, yeah. obviously Cockahead. Yep. We had Haley the Fool. We had what was it, Merciless Soul.
1: Yeah.
0: And we had Zia. Yep. So we had a nice little community there of uh witches of all ages. Uh just trying to get uh, some more information and, and we discussed the Ouija demons and that was awesome so you definitely don't want to miss our next live we'll let you know when it's scheduled for no All date right. yet and no topic yet Uh, but definitely you guys join us next week for the uh, near death experiences and until then stay lit witches and happy Valentine's Valentine's Halloween <laughs> Thank you.